Want to discover how much money your email marketing can actually bring you? If that's the case, let our team of email marketing experts show you how. With our free email marketing audit, we'll conduct a comprehensive analysis of your email marketing efforts, provide you with action plan, and show you how to effectively segment and convert your audience. Simply go to flowium.com slash audit and book your audit today. Give your customer like voice, give them the option to, to talk to you, give them control. Welcome to Email Einstein, a podcast by Flowium. It's time to start honing your inner marketing Einstein. Tune in for the data-driven tips that'll make you a marketing genius. Here you'll find email marketing formulas and tips straight from the brilliant mad scientists at Flowium. It's time for your emails to start earning more money. It's time to unleash your Einstein. Hey there, everyone. Elisa and Vera here from Email Einstein. Great to hear you all again or have you back here again. Just as a quick note, we are two email marketers at an email marketing agency called Flowium. We are so passionate about email marketing and because we love what we do, we want to share our insights with you. So today, the best things come in threes. We are going to be giving you three trends that have really stuck this year. And these trends may have ignited a spark this year. And because they've done so well and because they're so popular, we really think that they're here to stay, which is why we want to talk about them with you today. Um, If you haven't noticed today, we love the number three. It's our third episode. We're going to talk about three trends. And again, because we have so much information to share with all of you about these three trends, what we'll do is we'll go through of these individually. And then in future episodes, we'll talk about them in a lot more depth. Um, And as always, if there's something that you're really itching to know more about, please feel free to reach out to us. So without further ado, we present to you our pro tip of the week. So the quick tip is don't be hasty. Like the (laughs) Spice Girls song. Now don't be hasty. (laughs) Um, We have tons of clients. um, And I'm even inclined to say that most of our clients do this, but we have so many clients that expect to get results and want to optimize their flows the next day after we put them live in Klaviyo, which happens all the time. Literally, (laughs) It's the most frustrating thing. And the conversation usually goes something like this. Hi, ex-client. We have just finished setting all your flows live in Klaviyo and we're super excited, which means your marketing strategy is in place. And they'll usually say something like, wow, great, awesome, cool. So can we look at all the stats and metrics next week to make sure that the strategy is working? And we're like, what? No, no, we cannot do that. One week isn't even enough time to let Clavio attribute the proper metrics and revenue to each email in the flow. Um, And it seems like clients or people think that because email is so instant, Um, And because most marketing is now done in the digital world, that your results should be instant and that we as marketers should be able to tell you instantly what's working, what's not working and what can be fixed. Well, that's not the case at all. (laughs) Like most (laughs) things in marketing, there needs to be some kind of period of testing so we can actually obtain enough statistically significant data so we can actually start to make sound decisions based on actual evidence and not just what happened in the span of seven days. Um, And we know and can feel the frustration from clients when they're like, well, what do you mean? Why can't we know next week? Usually what we suggest is that we wait a minimum of three months before you start making any decisions about how to make changes, implement any form of optimization, or just eliminating flows altogether. And three months 
months seems really crazy, but that's what we have found is the sweet spot for knowing what's working and what's not working. So we love how passionate you all are and we love how excited you all are to see the results, but you got to give it some time. Good things come to those who wait. And that saying is very true. I agree with you completely, Alyssa. And the same goes for campaigns, actually. Uh, campaigns in Klaviyo or in any other email marketing platform, they also take like up to a week for those uh, for this like data to attribute correctly into the system. That's why be patient. And as Alyssa said, good things come to those who wait. <laughs> Having the right communication between your brand and your audience is how you create meaningful connections, building your brand's identity identity, and reputation. Introducing Floium's Brand Voice course. Get a step-by-step guide on creating your brand voice. Learn about what makes great branding, steps on how to describe your brand, your tone, and how to represent your brand across multiple channels. Your brand identity can be one step closer to being complete with Floium's Brand Voice course. Find out more at floium.com slash brand voice. So now moving on, we're going to hit our three marketing trends. Vera is going to start us off with trend number one. So please take it away, Vera. Yeah, gosh, I love talking about trends. Trends are my jam this day, especially email marketing trends. So um, the, the big one, the trend number one is using user generated content in email marketing. So this is the huge one. So we, we, ha- we have a lot of things to discuss in this one. So stick, stick with us. So here's the thing. Top performers are like top performing clients because we do have like all kinds of clients from all with all kinds of businesses. Our top performing clients, they don't sell themselves. They don't sell their products. They let their customers sell their products for them. And this is definitely one of the biggest email marketing trends of 2020. User-generated content, also known as uh, UGC, is like the secret weapon that big dogs of email marketing are using all the time. And believe me, it's like super, super powerful. People trust other people more than they trust brands. They would listen to someone from like yellow pages or from like Google reviews more than they would listen to your polished, perfectly written like blog post or something. So the word of mouth has always been the most powerful form of marketing. And in fact, here's the very like cool, cool numbers. We we love email marketing numbers. We are nerds <laughs> here. So <laughs> the average conversion rate of visitors who saw the user-generated content is 166% higher. Can you like imagine this wow. number? It doesn't even like register in my head. It's like 166% higher than those who didn't. And wow. Yeah, user-generated content are as your like testimonials, your tagged Instagram posts, your reviews, your ratings, hashtags like video reviews. Plenty of e-commerce e-commerce brands are using user-generated content in their marketing. Very few, however, like leverage the power of good user-generated content through email marketing. So that's that's where you can come and shine and. Yeah, yeah. And the simplest way to 
like put your user generated content to work is probably like maybe to use your five star reviews to start with. This is the very minimum that you can do. In fact, a recent survey that I also review indicated that like 91% of consumers trust online customer reviews in the same way they would trust recommendation from their friends, family, or like co-workers. So we usually try to include those testimonials in like in welcome flow, in abandonment card flow, to exit intent flows and stuff like that, because they are powerful. People would listen to other people rather than would they would listen to your brand first. And before and after it's huge. Alyssa, I don't know if you, if you use them in like with your clients, but I'm not going to lie. I'm a sucker for a good before after content. Yeah. That's like my favorite. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like weight loss, weight gain, or like this fitness journey things yep. like skin <laughs> and stuff. I'm a sucker for a good before after content. And I'm sure it's not just me. I'm sure you've, uh, you guys all have seen like this before and after photos in like marketing and yep. they are everywhere. And they are everywhere because they do work. And the popular actually mistake that many marketers do, and that's the mistake that we made at the beginning of our journey as well, is that client often tries to tell about the feature of the product, about like the formula of the product and stuff like that. But hey, I don't care about what's in your like pro-vitamin formula as long as this like shampoo works, right? So talk about the results first. Show your prospects where the others came from and where are they now and how your like product helped them to, to get there. So this is basically here's what worked for this guy and it will work for you too. And we actually use this strategy all the time. My One of my favorite campaigns that we've created for our clients using this strategy was the series actually of super successful before and after campaigns that we've done for our um for our client, I will not, I will not name name them, but basically they have this product, the serum for eyelashes and brows for the growth of serum and, and eyelashes. And we've done like before and after, and we didn't even offer any like discounts or promotion. And this was the most successful campaign we've ever sent for that client. So can you imagine, Alyssa? And I yeah. know that you are doing something similar for your clients as well. Yeah. Um, so t- tell us about it. So. One one thing that I'm like secretly laughing to myself over here is that it it's so funny because I'm definitely a culprit of this as well is that we are so willing to trust complete and utter strangers online. We have no proof of these people even exist. My husband does the same thing where we'll look at ordering something on Amazon and his first thing is don't read about the product, don't read about what it says, don't read about the features just look at the reviews. And that's like the instant, like the first thing he draws to. And I'm like, we don't know any of these people. Like we have no idea if any of these people exist, but for him, he's like, well, if this product has over 5,000 reviews and the average is a four and a half star rating, 
then it's a good product for sure. So it's it's funny to me and you're so right and that's not something that we as email marketers really think about. The thing that we always wanna talk about is, hey, look at the benefits, look at the features, look at what we offer and we always forget to focus on what the customer pain point is and how we're gonna provide a solution for them for their specific pain point. So um, it's definitely, definitely a good point. So uh, one of the clients that I've been working with, um, we actually created a a program, which the, the brand is Lulalu. So they sell um, bras for smaller chested women. Um, And one of the, one of the programs that we started is called Lulalu lady of the month. It's kind of a tongue twister, but every month what we'll do is we'll do a customer spotlight where we'll feature a specific customer who has been purchasing with Lulalu and is a loyal customer and we'll feature photos of them in that email and they'll just talk about their lives and like the trials that they've had to deal with, how shopping with Lulalu has changed their lives, um, what their favorite bra is, that kind of thing. And um, what we've seen over the course of time is the revenue has slowly generated more and more for these campaigns. But the thing that we love the most about these campaigns is how much engagement we get back from the customers. Our client sees anywhere between like five to 15 emails, like actual written out emails from customers saying, hey, I love this email. Like this is so empowering and it really inspires me. Like keep this going. I love hearing about the women that also shop with this brand like I do. Um, We even got an email from a subscriber who was who said, you know, I was about to click unsubscribe and completely um, rid myself of your emails. But because I saw this campaign, like I'm going to stick around just so I can get this campaign on a monthly basis, which is huge. You know, the revenue is important when it comes to email marketing, but where you're going to see the biggest results is having that loyal customer base where they may not purchase with you every week and they may not be driving your revenue through the roof, but they're going to be longstanding customers with you because they've connected, they've engaged and they feel like there's a a relationship based on trust between you, your brand and them, um, which is really huge. You want to build trust with your customers so that when you do need their financial support to purchase your products, they're more than willing to because they trust you and they like your product and they like you, your brand. So um, that's definitely something that we found a lot of success with. And our client is so pleased with it. It's his favorite campaign that goes out every month. He looks forward to it. And it's my favorite as well. I'm looking forward (laughs) to it. I've subscribed to all of the are emails. I'm looking forward to those ones. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice month. because we have people who actually email in and they're like, wow, I love this. I want to be the Lulalu lady of the month. Here's my story. And um, you have these people who are sharing really, you know, like intimate parts of their lives and being vulnerable to other people and wanting to share their story in the hopes that they'll inspire someone else. So it's really cool. It's like really kind of like mushy gushy, really in your feels, but it's nice because of the community that this campaign um, series is helping build. So yeah, in, in a way you celebrate the community of passion fans of Lulalu, right? So that's, exactly. that's a great, great approach. And you're telling your customers stories. Storytelling is huge in this industry. And the best part, guys, is that no matter how big or small your company is, um, like, or, or no matter how big or small the service that you provide, you always will have fans. You have fans who love what you do. And, and if you don't, well, maybe you need to 
be doing something something different. But <laughs> yeah, get yeah out. but get out. All of us, all of these businesses, we we do have this like, you know, this like fans of everything that we do. So like, use their stories, tell their stories, nurture this like community, celebrate it because hey, it's one of the reasons probably why you've started this this business. And use mm. the emails to shine a spotlight on spotlight on that like special customer of yours and while helping other to purchase those like items that they love as well so that's yeah. that's that's huge yeah another thing that we are doing constantly is using the hashtags so sending an email to your subscribers and encouraging them to post images of themselves on social media using your product is actually huge like using your hashtag it's it's huge and it's it generated so much like um, feedback and, and good testimonials and stuff like that. So the, the easiest thing that you can do is maybe to include like an email like this uh, to your post-purchase sequence. So ask your clients to include like a specific hashtag in their post and this will increase the visibility of your brand. This will uh, start like building this like trust to to your brand. One of my favorite campaigns actually, um, it was uh, the campaign by Uber. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, we have not like done this campaign, but it's just like, one of the campaigns that I often use as an example. So Uber basically asked their users uh, to give a compliment to their drivers for a good service using the hashtag beyond five stars. And if you guys go to like Instagram or, or Twitter or stuff and use this hashtag, you will see so many like heartwarming uh, beautiful post there. So the hashtag campaign was like a massive hit. It was a massive success. Millions of Uber like users complimented and they are drivers. Uh, they thank them by using this hashtag beyond five stars. And the nice. brand also featured some of this most complimented drivers in their emails newsletter, which was awesome as well. And they even created the series of video ads. So the campaign was so like powerful. It, it brought so much like good testimonials and good user generated content and it actually in a way nurtured that community as well so use hashtags use user generated content this is just the tool that you cannot afford not to use yeah so now so this was the trend number one trend number one use user-generated content. By the way, can we say use user-generated content? It doesn't sound right to me, but <laughs> but, but it is. It is the huge trend, guys. So don't, don't skip on it. And Alyssa, tell us about the trend number two, because I know that you are the pro in this one. Uh, <laughs> that's actually, I've heard from you for the first time about this thing. So, so go for ahead. trend number two, and this one is um, difficult because there isn't a huge amount of, well, no, that's not fair to say. There is a lot of research and there is a lot of data out there about this specific topic, but it's still ongoing because it's, uh, it's complicated (laughs) really to put it in the most simple terms. So trend number two is creating mobile friendly emails and desktop emails that are designed for dark mode. Every time I see that word dark mode, I think dun, 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 like this really scary, (laughs) ominous, dark cloud, like, oh no, dark mode. So um, let's, okay. 
for those who know what dark mode is, bear with us. I want to make sure that we talk about what dark mode actually is so people understand if they haven't had an experience. So um, dark mode is exactly what it sounds like. The background of um, your phone or your desktop, and more specifically, obviously, we're talking about email marketing, so we're going to hone in on emails. The background of emails is dark. And the text and icons on top of that dark background are light. Um, So I'm sure most of you look at your phone in bed, which is not good. You should not be looking at your phone in bed because it helps um, prevent you from sleeping. Not a good idea, but that's a different story. So when you're in bed in the dark and you're looking at your phone and the glare of your screen is like beyond blinding. I hate that feeling where you're like, I'm trying to go to bed. I just want to scroll through some stuff. And you're like, ah, I can't see anything. Well, dark mode is supposed to help with that. Basically, what it does is it minimizes the amount of light that's emitted from your screen while still maintaining readability for you as the mobile user. Um, Like many things in life, there isn't a lot of conclusive evidence as to whether this is actually beneficial for people or not. But some of the main perks about dark mode are that it saves the device's energy, it relieves eye strain, and it reduces screen glare. So again, these are just kind of some of the main perks. It really just helps when you're looking at your phone in the dark. Um, I personally have started using dark mode over the last few months on a regular basis because the light from my phone bothers me so much. Um, So it's just something that I use personally, but Okay, so let's move on. So now that you know what dark mode actually is, um, and if you've never used it, you are probably thinking, what the heck? Who actually uses this? I just told you I use it, but... um, I use it all the time to save save the battery. Oh, 100%. It's not just when I go to bed. It's like my iPhone, like menu and everything. It's like black with this like white, white letters and everything. It does save device energy. Like I'm telling you, it's my... My battery lasts longer, so wow, it works okay. for me. <laughs> I didn't realize you used it too. I have a friend who actually he uses it on his Mac, uh, his MacBook Pro on his desktop. Everything is dark. Now I hate the dark. Not that I'm afraid of the dark, but for me, like I love the sun. Uh, my whole family's from South America, so that might have something to do with it. I always joke with my friends, like <laughs> I love the sun and the sun loves me because I get really tan in the summer. But um, so dark stuff for me is like always really off-putting, but I love dark mode on my phone. With my laptop, it's a little different, but anyway, so me circa four months ago, I was like, who the heck uses dark mode? Like no one does that, which uh, (laughs) I was rudely awakened to, which is not the case. Um, But here's some actually crazy statistics on how popular dark mode actually is, which is evident because Vera and I actually both use it now. So 80% of Mac users, um, and this is from a survey that was shared on Twitter, actually use dark mode. Um, And that's not just on iOS systems, but it's also, it's kind of a combo of laptops, desktops, desktops, and then also on their phones. Um, Apparently, 92% of users actually prefer it, according to a survey that was done by Polar, and 95% of users prefer it, according to a separate survey that was done by Discord. Those numbers are crazy to me. Like, I, I read that and I was like, okay, hold on a second. I must be reading this statistic wrong. That's nuts to me. So, What this tells me is that dark mode is of utmost importance for us as email marketers. 
And the reason why that is, is because one of our biggest priorities with email is deliverability. We want our emails to be delivered and welcomed, welcomely, if that's even a word, delivered um, and accepted by our subscribers. The last thing we want is for our emails to trigger behaviors that stop subscribers from opening our emails or even worse. And this is like the worst of the worst, putting our emails into spam or junk inboxes. That's like biggest nightmare 101. Um, Because of the rising popularity of dark mode as email marketers, it's so important that we cater to these subscribers that prefer dark mode, which clearly, as we said, is a ton of them. Um, And as I've mentioned, I'm a converted dark moder, um, but there is literally nothing worse than scrolling on your phone dark mode and while you're scrolling, you open an email that is bright white and has not converted into dark mode. It's literally like you want to throw your phone down. You're like, ah, (laughs) the light, it's too bright. Like, it's crazy. So, and to be totally honest with you, I've even unsubscribed from some lists because I was so annoyed at the bright email, um, which is kind of bratty, kind of snobby, kind of picky. But my thinking is if I'm doing that personally, then for sure there are other people out there who are doing that too. So given all this information and it's like, okay, we get it. Dark mode is a big deal. What are we supposed to do? So the big issue with dark mode at the moment is it's virtually impossible to know whether your users are going dark and most platforms that we use can't actually tell you that information either. Now, there are tons of rumors about different API integrations and different ways that we can start to find out who's using dark mode and who's not, but that seems like something for like the year 3000, so we won't go there yet. Um, But here are a few tips on how to um, kind of work around that dark mode issue. So the first one is testing your email designs literally like crazy. So that client that I was talking about, Lulalu, that client, when he receives the emails, he receives them in dark mode. And before, when we were sending out the emails, most of the emails are all image-based and they weren't converting to dark mode properly because what we were Mm -hmm. doing is we were creating all the text on an image. And what the image would do is it would... Um, be on a light background with dark font. So when users would get it in dark mode, they wouldn't read any of the font. It would just be one big blank email, which is the worst thing that could happen ever because you want people to read that email. So the main issue with that is we were like, okay, we got to fix something. What can we do? So our designer actually started to flip the design where she maintained all the branding colors, but started to do everything on a dark background with light font. Now the deliverability of these emails is great. It actually looks better in dark mode than it does in light mode, which is actually pretty funny, but it still looks beautiful on light mode and we haven't had any more issues with deliverability. So this is something that we strongly recommend that we do. Okay, the next thing that we would recommend is to use transparent images. Transparent Mm -hmm. images actually allow the background color to stay consistent with the design, which is really important, especially for dark mode. A transparent image doesn't actually have a white background. So when it appears in dark mode, it just kind of melds into the dark mode as opposed to this image being on a white block and it's still bright and ugly. Um, And a really good way for you to check if your image's background is white or transparent is, you know, when you look at an image separate from the email and sometimes it has that weird 
white and gray, light gray checkered background, that's how you know the background of your image mm-hmm. is transparent, which means that it will go into the dark mode pretty easily. So that's a quick tip. Um, the other thing that we strongly recommend is to optimize all your logos because you want people to know where the emails are coming from. And so uh, what you want to do is you want to use a transparent image for your logo as well. But if your logo is black, what you'll probably need to do is add some kind of white stroke to the black font so that people can actually read it when they see it on dark mode. Um, And this is something that your designers that you use for your marketing emails should be able to do pretty easily. And then the last tip, which this really isn't my favorite, but it is something that you can kind of use as of testing for your emails is to experiment with plain text. Um, This is really the furthest tip that I would recommend because it doesn't really fix the issue of dark mode and it's not even a really good workaround. But it is an interesting kind of excuse to try a different email approach with your subscribers. So whether you're sending marketing or transactional emails, sometimes what you can do is use a plain text message and it'll do a better job um, than a polished HTML Mm -hmm. heavy image based email. Um, And so that's something else that you can just start to test with your subscribers. And if your recipients using dark mode, then the plain text email will just render with the light text on a dark background. So it's really straightforward. So plain text emails are never really affected by dark mode. But in today's email marketing world, we're all using HTML heavy emails. And so Mm -hmm. I don't recommend the plain text. I don't love the plain text always. Sometimes I love it, but most of the time I don't. So if this is something that's not really on brand for you, I would really recommend staying away from this tip. But there is still, as we had mentioned, tons of research that's being done around dark mode. So as email marketers, so for Vera and I and for all of you listening, it's really important for us to keep our eyes wide open for new and useful tips on how to manage the dark mode situation in the future. So definitely something to stay tuned in on. Um, Make sure you do your research. And this is definitely a topic that we'll probably be talking about in more detail in the future. But on to the next, Vera is going to hit us with trend number three, which I'm super excited about because this is one that people definitely overlook. So Vera, hit us with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like how, how it's called a trend number three, subscriber control. Yeah. <laughs> so in a nutshell, basically... Um, what this trend is about is to give your subscriber as much control of the emails they receive as possible. So the most common reason why people unsubscribe from your email marketing list is the amount of the emails that they received. And and I personally unsubscribed from so many brands that I loved, but they were just like bombarding me this, with these emails that were not even like relevant to me often. So many companies like send the same emails for far too frequently and subscribers get frustrated and they opt out from the list. But the good news is the issue is like completely, completely fixable. So a good email preference page is your secret weapon to help with your unsubscribe rate. So um, they called either email preferences page or email preferences centers. Um, You can do it with most of the email marketing platforms. It's not hard to do, but basically what it is, it's this like a little page where your subscribers go to 
when they click on that unsubscribe list, uh, unsubscribe link in their um, in their email, um, this link will bring them to the page where they can actually manage their email preference, email marketing preferences. So instead of having just like one option, unsubscribe, you can give them um, you can give them the options like to to choose what they want to be receiving from you and like how often they want to be hearing from you. And like one marketer said that the email preferences page are like, like couples counseling for you and thousands of your subscribers. <laughs> and I like, I'm completely, I completely agree because this gives your, um, your loved one, your subscriber, it gives them the option to, to, to talk, right? So instead of unsubscribing and yes, it can be like heartbreaking, you can let them customize the communication mm. that they get from you and you can even build a better relationship from them. So email marketing has evolved so much over the years to be more like interactive than it was years ago. Today, mm. email marketers and consumers aim for like two-way communication in a way. So companies don't just like sell the emails they want. They send the emails that their customer wants to receive. Yep. So, and this can be achieved through this like email preferences uh, pages. You can, um, you can add the time-based field. Like how often do you want to hear from us? Or what, for one of our clients, we said like, how much um, like product brand do you want in your life? So <laughs> uh, it can be like time-based fields. Like I want to hear from your brand once per month, like three times per week, um, 10 times per day or whatever. No, it's a bad idea, but you know what I mean? So you can add the fields based on time and you can also do the content type fields. So like want to receive from us like discounts or, or blogs or tips or recommendation, uh, company newsletter, company updates and stuff like that. So mm. give your customer the option to choose what they want to get from you and how often do they want to like hear from you. And the major reason why preferences centers are very helpful for marketers is that it helps um, like address that unsubscribe issue, right? But another one um, that can be helpful as well is that email preferences centers are also a great way to segment your list yep. by interest, by involvement and stuff like that. So this is the this is the huge one. So give your customer like voice, give them the option to, to talk to you, give them control. So this is the trend number three. And I I think it's it's a huge one. Yeah, and this is I love this one, Vera, because that that couples analogy that you gave is great because it does act almost like couples counseling for your subscribers, which is super important. And it makes your subscribers feel like they are completely in control of what they are and are not receiving, which is huge. And again, it just adds to that building trust aspect of the relationship. But my favorite thing about these email preference centers or pages is um, the segmentation aspect of it. We have one client who um, gets so granular about how they segment that they want to develop very detailed options um, for types of content in their preference page. So they want to know if people want to know about their Monday campaign that always goes out, their Wednesday campaign that always goes out, their Friday campaign that always goes out, what specifically do they want to see in their campaigns and things like that. And it'll just help them segment way better where now the campaigns that they're actually sending on a weekly basis are going to start generating totally different numbers and improved numbers in comparison to what they were doing before. Like, I think currently the client's open rate is like at 20%, which is good. It's not bad. But what we really love to see is 25% and over. And for some of their campaigns, when they segment really, really well, 
they start to see like 30 to 40% open rate, which is crazy. So the more that you're able to use these preference pages to your benefit to not only allow your subscribers to have the control, but also to segment your campaigns way better. Oh my gosh, you're going to be living in a totally different email marketing world. So um, <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites. Definitely, definitely one of my favorite trends. Um I'm sure okay, you could all hear the excitement in our voices. <laughs> and that's just especially we're about the especially about the next next part. I'm I'm super excited about this like next portion of our podcast. It's yeah, yeah like my me favorite. Too. <laughs> <laughs> we're total email nerds. Um and so uh of course you know that we are uh, email Einstein's, obviously. Um, so there you have it. Three trends to watch, discover, and make sure that you implement at some point this year and all your email marketing years to come. Now we hit our community questions portion of the podcast. My favorite. Which we My love favorite it. Part. We, we love it. So... Um, this question actually came from Matt. Um, and the question is, what is the best time delay to start an abandoned cart flow? This is an awesome good one. question. Yeah, good it's, one. it's really juicy and there's so much information we can get into and we'll save that for when we actually do an episode on Strictly Abandonment Cart. But to just kind of answer overall, typically what we recommend is anywhere between two to four hours. So the time delay that we're talking about is when a subscriber or customer abandons product in their cart, then they would get triggered into a flow about two to four hours hours later, receiving that first email reminding them to go back into their abandoned cart to purchase. But we've also seen clients insist on a day or 24 hour delay, which is a little on the long side, but we can understand when clients have data to back that kind of a decision. Um, most of our clients, though, we usually go with a standard four hours. Uh, one thing that we have actually started implementing here at Floium lately is to split test the time delay, which is a really interesting idea. And it kind of sparked from a test that one of our account managers did. So um, for this kind of a test for abandoned cart, what we say is don't go less than two hours, but test out what you think might work best for your clients or your customers. Um, again, one of our account managers, what they did was they did a split test on the time delay for a bounce back flow, which is a little different than abandonment cart, but it's kind of the, the same idea. So variation A was delayed by five minutes, and variation B was delayed by 15 minutes. And the mm -hmm. 15 minute flow actually generated three times the revenue than the five minute flow. Can which you is, imagine? It's like freaking 10 minutes difference and like three times the revenue. It's I insane. Know. That's it's, why I love split tests. Yeah. Yeah. And over the course of time, we'll start to, um, when we give our pro tip, we'll look into offering suggestions for split tests. But um, this is definitely something that we would recommend trying out. It's And what you can do is you can really try it out for a month um, and then just see how it goes. Again, that goes a little bit against what we suggested earlier, which is that three month minimum. But the three month minimum is more for like looking at flows as a whole, whereas this mm -hmm. time delay, a little different because you're split testing a very specific component of the flow and it's not the entire flow as a whole. Um, so if you do it for about a month, you can get an idea of where that test is going and what the results will generate. And you can start to make changes based on that. So um, yeah, but still give it a month. Yeah. Don't expect to see the results like right away in three days. They for will sure. not be accurate. Give it yeah. like at least a month and then you can decide which way to to, to go basically. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. So um, if any of you have any communication 
community questions that you want to send out to us, uh, make sure that you email us. Um, you can go ahead and email me at alisa, A-L-I-S-S-A, at flowium.com, or go ahead and email vira at v-i-r-a at flowium.com. The other thing that you can always do is join our Facebook community. It's called Clavio Community, K-L-A-V-I-Y-O Community. Um, and uh, we have a very engaged and interactive group of people, email marketers who ask questions, Everyone provides insight. It's really cool because everyone just talks to each other constantly about email marketing, which is uh, kind of like heaven for us. <laughs> so I know, right? <laughs> I love that community so much. I so know. much fun there. I know. I love it. Um, definitely <laughs> so a place to get Email marketing sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, there. right. That's exactly it. <laughs> I yeah. love that. Um, so come so on board, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, and we will see you next week. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Email Einstein. Can you feel that? Your marketing brain just got a little bit bigger. We ask that you please use it wisely. You've got all the theory you need to get out there and start boosting your sales because great emails equals revenue squared. Just in 2022, we help our e-commerce client generate over 250 millions in revenue through effective email marketing strategy. And now we can help you too. Stop missing out on the potential revenue your email could be generating for your business right now. Take advantage of our free email marketing audit today and let our team help you optimize your email for maximum conversion. Go to flowium.com slash audit and book your audit today. It's F-L-O-W-I-U-M dot com slash A-U-D-I-T flown.com slash audit.